Good evening, everyone. This is Stuart Davidson here, your friendly QS. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm a chartered quantity surveyor, and I've been in quantity surveying for, hmm, must be 25 years, qualified for around 20. And I, my background, I've worked across many sectors, um, including public sector, housing, commercial, many different uh, types of contractors we worked for. And before I started QS Consult, which is my business that's been running for 10 years, I worked for Arcadis, Turner Townsend and Gardner and Theobald. And this is a passion of mine, construction, cash flow and payments. It's something I'm researching and interviewing various different guests across various different sectors around this very subject. And this evening, who I'm going to introduce you to a really really good exciting guest this evening who's developed some software that is going to help with cash flow and payments in construction it's been used in other industries as well and i'd just like to point out some of the things that we're facing in construction on cash flow and we tend to we've got a very traditional model a model that probably hasn't changed for many many years and with cash it tends to go through so many different hands through the supply chain. We pay from a developer for a loan to a developer, to the contractor, to the subcontractor, to sub-subcontractors. And what we kind of have to rely on in construction is that every, uh, every participant in the chain, we have to kind of rely on their skill and expertise and ability to manage the project cash flow with their operational cash flow. So you could see you've got this disparate number of operations going on and from a client or developer's point of view he needs to trust that they're all going to be managing an operational cash flow uh, and it's all syncing with the whole of the project as a whole and one of the things we're seeing is in uh, a, a thing that i call i call but it wasn't coined by me it was coined, coined by professor uh, russell kenley the cash flow farming is where uh, companies or maybe main contractors use the uh, they get paid the money goes into their operational account and that operational account has different demands on it and sometimes as we've seen in the Carillion issue that money is getting invested it goes into their account it goes out gets invested in other perhaps not quite so liquid assets uh, with a view that they will be liquidating those assets to bring back into the project but of course when that's not synced and there's problems then the whole process of cash flow backs up and slows down. And we find that uh, the cash flow in the client's project starts to slow down. And then we get, and in my view, it's one of the things that leads can lead to delay and disruption where each party is trying to hang on to their cash. They're trying to manage their project cash flow on the one hand and their operational cash flow on the other hand. And I think it leads to slow movement of cash through construction. I think that um, it doesn't benefit the economy as a whole because the faster cash flows, the more wealth is created. So it's a very, very complex nature of construction in terms of how we fund projects and how the cash flows through a project. And it's something that's quite in my view, quite antiquated, and I think we need to look at, and I certainly have been looking for solutions and products that's going to help us, particularly uh, now that technology is moving on. Are there projects that we can use that will enable us to 
to better manage cash flow, maybe centralized cash flow, maybe to support and help all the uh, companies within the uh, supply chain of construction, particularly as we tend to work on low working capital and uh, quite low profit margins. And so companies are looking to see what other ways they can maximize profit. And it doesn't always benefit the project as a whole. So in my travels, I came across a, uh, a company and uh, a product that's been developed and, uh, by um, uh, co-founders Nisha and Nishant Singh. And they've developed this project, it's called Transfer. And I'm delighted to say I've got Nishant with me this evening to discuss the product and how that system can help in construction and other industries, or it's already been uh, used in other industries. So without further ado, I'll introduce you to Nishant. So good evening, Nishant, how are you? Hey Stuart, I'm doing good. Thanks a lot for inviting me uh, onto your podcast. That's uh, great to have you on here, really exciting. And I'm sure the listeners will be really interested to hear about the product and transfer. And I just wondered uh, you could, if you could give a little bit of back, background about yourself and business and how you came to develop Transfer. Um, so I'm a serial entrepreneur uh, and have been, this is like my fourth startup now. Uh, we were in real estate industry. I was doing home automation and elevators, wireless technology before this. Uh, and sold off that company about three years ago. Uh, my biggest problem uh, doing that was that I wasn't getting paid on time. I was kind of at the bottom of the chain. And I do understand that the developer at the top of the chain would be releasing money into the supply chain. Uh, the thing is that because of various frictions and various uh, uh, problems throughout the supply chain, the money never reached us on time. And because of that, we were say, facing uh, working capital problems and this was increasing our costs. And this was not just happening with us, it was happening with everyone but they, at every stage in the supply chain. And all these costs were being added up and then passed on up the chain to the developer. Uh, in essence, my problem was not getting paid on time, money not flowing fast enough in the supply chain. And we started solving that problem and start created transfer. Uh, we were part of FCA Sandbox, wherein we checked the, uh, we worked with the regulatory authority to figure out the right way of doing this thing. Uh, we were part of the Accenture FinTech Innovation Lab, where more than 31 banks helped us uh, create this product. I'll come on to the product later on uh, uh, in our discussion, but yeah, that's about me and how I started this. Fantastic. That's really interesting, uh, Nishad. And, um what uh what what other industries the uh, is, is is the product being used in at the moment so it is being used in telecom it's being used in retail uh it's been used in consumable products uh package consumable products cpg sector uh and real estate is the next place where we are entering fantastic and are those how how is that working out what kind of feedback are you getting back from those industries on the product? So removing friction always helps. It's, it's, it's in everyone's interest that there be faster movement of money throughout the supply chain. Uh, there wasn't any product that could help do this uh, before we started. Uh, and what we are seeing in various supply chains is that 
being able to work without money, not having to worry about working capital, being able to pay off your suppliers without having to go out and get a loan or or trying having mm-hmm. to get money out of your own pocket is a refreshingly mm-hmm. good thing for everyone. Definitely. I, I can see how that would uh, that would help the construction industry and the development, property development and real estate. And, uh, you know, c- considering the, the, the issues we have with uh, cash flow and robbing Peter to pay Paul to try and keep the money in the project. I was interested in, I gave a, uh, a presentation a few weeks back to some developers and I mentioned that, did you realize that your, uh, your, the money that you pay to your contractor doesn't always necessarily stay in the project? and explain the difference between operating ca- uh, cash flow and project cash flow. And some of them were actually shocked that they didn't realize that the money, how the money flows sideways in and out of a project um, traditionally. So um, in that respect, uh, Nishant, how do you see that um, the system, if you could give us a little bit of a explanation of what the system does, what it could do, and how it could kind of address these problems that I've outlined in construction, uh, for our industry. Uh, Stuart, uh, so let's assume a small supply chain in a real estate project where there is a developer at the top of the chain, then there are the contractors, uh, the contractors are procuring procuring services or goods from subcontractors who would be procuring something from the suppliers. So it's like a big inverse tree starting from the top of the chain and then uh, developing as it goes down. Uh, what we enable the developer to do is upload the invoices, the payable invoices on our platform and create a promise of payment against that uh, accepted invoice and offer it to their contractors. And then their contractors can use this promise and pass it down the line to the subcontractors uh, for their payable. So it's kind of uh, that's being used in their own supply chain. Uh, it works on normal accounting methods based on IFRS, but essentially what it means is that anyone in the chain who has a promise of payment from the developer can give that promise to someone down the chain for the work product that they are doing. The developer can actually view these promises moving in the supply chain. Uh, it's beneficial for everyone because you don't have to use money now. Uh, and everyone in the chain who is holding these promises can be sure that uh, when the money against this promise is released, it gets directly into uh, their bank account. So, so there's no one in between who needs to pay you. Uh, you can be very sure that when the money is released from the developer or the bank who, or the financer who is packing the project, it directly lands with you. And plus, you can be sure that there will not be uh, any delays uh, delays in in the transaction. Uh, which which makes it really easy for everyone to work. Fantastic. That sounds really, really interesting. And it's quite different to what we've been used to in construction. And it kind of, I would say that, that uh, it relieves the, uh, the main contractor and the contractors from the necessity to, uh, to, to, to manage cash flow across projects. And yeah, actually, for the contractor, yeah. and and this is this is something that we have experienced with uh, uh, some contractors that we are speaking with right now in mm-hmm. the construction industry. Uh, just assume a contractor who doesn't have a big enough balance sheet to get a loan to work on a project, but has the skill 
and the ability to deliver on it. Now, right. under normal circumstances, this contractor wouldn't get the project. But if the project was being developed on transfer, this contractor wouldn't need to bring in any money, wouldn't need to go to the bank for a loan. All they would need to do is be on the, pro be on the system, use the developer's promise of payment to, to buy uh, and give the project working capital uh, to their suppliers, use it to, to get work done and not worry about money at all. Wow. That, that sounds certainly revolutionary, Nishad. And I can see that the benefits could be that we could select more on skill and expertise than the size of the company that we're tendering to. I should imagine, and particularly for public sector bodies as well, that it brings clarity and transparency, uh, that they know that the, the money stays within the, within the project. Yeah, actually, uh, we, when we speak with a lot of companies, they say this can avoid Carillion happening ever again. Mm. The reason being, say the project owner wants to get something done instead of giving money, they can accept invoices and say there is a pay, accept the payable against that invoice, uh, which is a promise of payment, which can be passed down the line. So, mm. and it can be clearly seen. So there is no possibility of leakage in the system. One, there is uh, a layer of uh, 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 value which can be used to pay down the line for everyone that doesn't need money. And plus, when you release the money, you know it's going to hit the bottom of the chain. So whatever has happened, the work product that has been created at the bottom of the chain is owned by you. So even if a contractor in between mm -hmm. goes bust, uh, the, 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 the project owner at the top of the chain doesn't really care anymore mm -hmm. because they can just get another contractor in and get the work started. If in the other case, what's happening right now happens uh, or what happened in case of Carillion happens wherein you're giving money to uh, Carillion and they are paying to someone down the chain and, the, and then Carillion owns the work product at the bottom of the chain and they go bust, you're stuck. You don't mm -hmm. own what's at the bottom of the chain. Yeah, You have lost your money. And it's really tough to get a new a new contractor in who would be ready to do work at the same rates that Carolyn was doing before. Mm. And suddenly well, anyone who financed anyone in the chain is also in a fix because their money is now stuck. What we are trying to do is don't use money unless and until you know where it's going to land. Yeah. And I would know as a, as a developer that, uh, that I'm actually purchasing my assets. The assets are within my project right the way through um what have you what have you seen for, uh, what what what's the um lenders and banks reaction uh, when you've spoken to them about the system nishan uh now the banks want to reduce the risk any any lender wants to reduce the risk on a project and the way of doing that is increasing transparency now they have been trying to increase transparency by doing different type of audits um, putting in different checks and balances but all these checks and balances and audits they just function to one layer down the developer so they would probably end at the co contractor level uh, or they would heavily depend upon milestones that are achieved which are a quantum jump in projects uh, which may take a long time uh, plus, there's a risk of milestone not being delivered and you coming to know about it when when uh, the storm hits. Uh, when transfer is implemented, 
the bankers and the financiers, then they can actually see the promise of the developer passed down the chain, down to the smallest guy in the chain. They know that the money when released would reach to the person who actually needs it, who is working for the project and not be used for anything else except the project. So the risk goes down substantially. They can now disperse money with a higher confidence that it's being worked, used for the project. They can disperse with a higher confidence that if something goes wrong uh, at the bottom of the chain, uh, the work product that was created at the bottom of the chain is still owned by the developer, uh, effectively meaning that that they 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 can reduce leakages, reduce risks of uh, use of funds uh, that is not intended. They can reduce the risk associated with any of the contractors going bankrupt, and they can reduce the risks of non-delivery or late delivery and over costs. So so for them, it's amazing. What we are also trying to do, what is try to bring down the cost of financing and construction, uh, which I think personally is possible if we can show transparency to the uh, financiers. Absolutely, yeah, that, that sounds really interesting because one of the things with construction, it's been difficult to fund, it is difficult to fund, you know, and it has kind of been underfunded uh, in the past because of the way that funders, uh, lending agents see the risk in construction. It's a high risk. It's a high risk business, you know. And I think that anything can uh, that, that that can reduce that risk and, and and increase transparency must be a good thing. So the I have a really I good. have a question for you. And yeah. this thing has kind of confused me for quite some time. No matter where in the world, if you have a project, you erect like a big building uh, which has hundreds of flats. They always get sold. There are hmm. governments who are giving subsidies for first-time buyers to buy uh, homes. There are banks who are ready to give home loans to customers. It's rarely ever happens that a good scheme is left unsold. Yet, it's always said that construction is a high-risk sector. How can a sector hmm. wherein sales are assured, almost assured, be a yeah. high-risk sector? That's That's like beyond imagination. So what I understand, what I want to ask you is, is it because of the market that it's high risk or is it because of the friction in the supply chain that it's high risk? Well, I think it's a, I think it's a combination. I think that from a market perspective, uh, where we've got uh, in, interest rates and inflation does have an effect on construction cash flow uh, in the beginning because pe people take different views depending on where we are in relation to high inflation risk, uh, high inflation risk or high interest rate risk. Uh, contractors will have different strategies to their cash flow, particularly on large projects. So they may delay or speed up cash flow. They may want to bring costs forward or push them back, depending on that. So that, there is market uh, effects, but probably not so much, not so marked these days with low inflation, low interest rates as they might have been, say, 20 years ago. But certainly the friction in the supply chain uh, is 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 high because the money has to change through so many different hands and there's so many unknowns that affect that cash flow and i think that's one of the big risks the other it's um traditionally we've built buildings uh buildings are built ad hoc in different locations at different times so it's high risk in that you know we have to try and get the right labor to the right place at the right time 
and that labour is migrant labour generally. Uh, there is an exception where we've had the an increase in modular construction, but we still have high risk in the ground. So get foundations in, get them out of the ground, there's unknowns and we can find things that might hinder the progress or put the uh, increase in price. So it, it's high risk in terms of early capital development funds. That's, that's a high risk because there's uncertainty in there, uncertainty around the level of skills and labours we get, but also uncertainty in the traditional contracts and the traditional procurement routes, which, I mean, as a quantity surveyor, uh, traditionally I, uh, for many years, was a client-side representative, what they call a PQS, and I would find on a traditional project, if it was a design and build or traditional, once the project has been let to a main contractor, now I'm responsible for the budgets, for the budgeting right the way up, for the tenders right the way up to accepting a tender and selecting a contractor. Once that contract has been selected, I then lose control of the supply chain and I lose control of the cash control of that supply chain because the supply chain under a traditional route becomes under the ownership of the main contractor. So I kind of lose sight of it. And one of these things, one of the things I like about transfer is that I get a dashboard, I can look at the dashboard and I can see where the cash is, where the money is in the whole of the supply chain. And I can see if it's not flowing where it should be, when it should be. And if the promise isn't, as you, as you described, if, I, one of these promises or promise isn't passed down the line when it should do. I could see, I could see that I could tell the health of a project uh, by the way the cash is flowing. So I see a big advantage for somebody like me, uh, a QS, a, a quantity surveyor that deals with the cash side of construction, that that would give me visibility, you know, so I can see the advantages of that. But coming back to your, your question, yes, you're right that properties do uh, are, are you know invariably property goes up in price so over a 10-year cycle it's always properties are generally over the last seven decades it's always been a good investment over a 10-year period particularly if you're a long-term investor so in the UK quite often investors will look to to buy rent uh, refinance that's that's a strategy that's quite quite popular it, but it depends on where the where the market is on on that ten year curve. So, uh, in certain market climates, it you know flipping what they call a flip uh, to to buy a property uh, to to buy land to build develop property and to sell those properties. Um, sometimes when the market is right, that's a good strategy. I know last year it uh, it was difficult for developers that were developing land with larger size properties on four or five bedroom properties over the last couple of years people not buying uh, whereas the one two bedroom properties they are buying so it's a long process and you can the market can change during the course of the development you know if you've got a long development you've got a couple of hundred houses on it you know the market can quite you know you might plan for a certain mix of houses flats uh, uh, properties and you might find that that market starts to change so you, you probably need to uh, to build in some flexibility in, in into a project. So there are because of that, you know, the market the market conditions, market forces can change in terms of what people want to buy. Do they want to buy one bedroom, two bedroom, 
that they want to buy a four or five bedroom, and that can change. Uh, the uh, getting back to the friction in the supply chain, we have such disparate number of companies, different companies coming together on each project to kind of form a virtual company. But what we find is, is that rather than working like a virtual company, each uh, player, each subcontractor, contractor within the scheme, obviously has their own individual uh, um, uh, agenda regarding their uh, um, operational costs, let alone the project costs. So, uh, you know, if, if we were to look at a real organisation, you could, uh, 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 you know, uh, compare them to departments. You know, the, you as the managing director, you'd want to see how they were spending their budget. You'd want transparency. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd set limits. But and you would know what the expertise of the heads of those departments were in terms of managing their cash flow. But in construction, once those projects are let, we don't really know. The client doesn't really know what the expertise of those different departments are, i.e. the supply chain, what their, uh, their, 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 their uh, commitments are in their operational costs and how that might affect the project costs. We don't know what their expertise are in terms of managing their own operational costs. And we've got nobody overall, this is a key, I think, and this is what, you know, you describe in transfer, this is making me feel that, you know, we haven't got somebody in construction that oversees cash flow on a project. It's done individually. You know, there is a QS and there are project managers and we do have responsibility for cash flow. Yes, we do. But an overall strategy that includes the strategies and policies and cash flow uh, constraints of each of the players, not with only within the project, but are, what are their, what are their um, challenges around other projects that they might have, you know, are there demands on, as soon as the money's paid into the bank account, are they getting other demands on their cash uh, from other sources that might affect our project? So I think a lot more, if we had an overall uh, system or an overall person, profession, uh, somebody responsible for manage, for planning, managing cash flow overall on a project, and when we tender, we could include that in a tender. What's your cash flow policy? You know, we'll be inviting tenders, uh, contractors to tender. What's your cash flow policy? How will you run the cash flow? Are you prepared to accept a, a transparent cash flow management for this particular project? You know, it's completely, it sounds to me, Nishant, that this, this whole concept kind of turns things on their head in terms of what we're used to in construction. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you on that, especially when you say there are there are market forces at play which create supply and demand cycles for real estate which may increase risk. But I think they are there in any other sector as well. They are there in airline sector. They are there in an in, in auto sector wherein there are cycles. Uh, but that doesn't increase the risks of financing to a level where they have reached in real estate and i think i think you said it correctly that probably the reason is the friction and the leakage within the supply chains of real estate which can definitely be fixed with transfer essentially bringing in a, a whole whole method of getting work done getting working capital without money being involved uh, till a point wherein it's absolutely necessary to be paid at the bottom of the chain
Absolutely, yeah. And we, 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 we're very much a, a siloed industry and we're very much a top down. So, you know, we have to, the, the, the money cash has to flow further. And, and then the risk we have is that if we have a, uh, a problem or a blockage in the, tri in the chain somewhere, that affects everything below it. So, so what you're saying is, is that we, 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 we kind of, um, we would, uh, we would work that the money would flow actually round the outside and into where it needs to go from the bottom up. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what we're trying to say. Yeah. Okay. And what type of, uh, projects is transfer being used on at the moment in supply chains and what what sort of feedback have you had from other sources in industry uh, around how that's affected their project their cash flow their, their, their supply chain management so uh, the thing is it's quite flexible and quite versatile so it's been implemented in multi-billion dollar retail companies to alcohol companies uh we are also doing in real estate very smaller projects now which could have a gdv of say six or eight million pounds so it can work mm -hmm. uh, across the spectrum uh the yeah. kind of financing that we bring in along with the product depends upon uh, the size of the product. So it's at the top of the chain. If it's a multi-billion dollar company, it's a whole different kind of financing product that the financer or banks would like to offer, while it would be a whole different kind of project financing or construction real estate financing thing at, uh, for a smaller project that we would be doing with the developer. Uh, all in all, the reaction has been that why is everyone paying for working capital at every step in the chain? Why is everyone running around to get working capital at every point in the chain when it's supposed to flow vertically down the line rather than everyone uh, oscillating horizontally in their positions uh, at, in the chain and trying to work, find working capital at that their level and kind of feeding in uh, uh, the supply chain. So, so I think uh, the response has been amazing, especially because we uh, take out the whole need of trying and arranging financing uh, to a lot of extent and we reduce the need of deploying your own cash uh, uh, for any project plus we reduce the need of all the paperwork and processes that are involved uh, for anyone to go and get a loan or a working capital or cash credit or overdraft facility from the bank uh, we are kind of creating liquidity without the need of money it's, it, the response has been amazing on that. Wow, that, that is really amazing. You won't uh, believe like the largest of the banks of the world uh, mm -hmm. uh, from US, from Nordics, from UK, from Southeast Asia, they are all engaged with us already. They are all excited about it. They mm. are offering financing deals to companies on the platform. Uh, the mm -hmm. response from the companies, from the actual industry has been amazing as well. And I think the biggest use case of this thing can be real estate uh, because it has a lot of friction, probably more so than the other industries. And so the benefits of transfer would be that big in, in the industry, in the real estate industry. 
In fact, I can see that that would be uh, actually one of the biggest advantages. Uh, you know, I, I, I know uh, in, in property development, that property developers that the skill and expertise to develop property and develop land. But one of the things that they're always looking for is is funding, you know, and to fund uh, the development, to fund the supply chain. And, um, you know, from what you're saying then, that uh, the uh, with the transfer system, that uh, could be a uh, opportunity to fund these schemes. And in fact, which means we'd get more schemes off the ground. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so transport can work both with a funder or financer involved, or it can be funded by the developer themselves. Uh, mm -hmm. We definitely do bring in uh, a contacts with us so that we can help the developers find the right kind of finance if they need uh, 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 our help in it. Uh, so we can, we, we can introduce them to some of the financiers that we work with. Uh, but it's more for the financiers because with transport, the risk goes down. And so they would be more inclined to finance a project. They're reducing their own risk. They're reducing the risk on the project. They're reducing the risk of, uh, uh, uh delays. They're reducing the risk of cost overruns. And so, uh, the financiers, uh, uh, can see that they can actually reduce their risk in a real estate project if transport is implemented over there, which in kind of would be logical, would increase their propensity to to fund the real estate project. So we, fingers crossed, we hope that we can remove the friction, bring in transparency, and kind of get more projects off their feet uh, uh, very soon. Uh, especially with with so much hue and cry about the shortage of affordable housing uh, in London and near about places. I think there should be more projects getting off the ground and there should be more funding coming into it. And we, we can definitely play our part in reducing the risk for that funding when it comes in. And I can also see as well, if a, co a large contractor was interested in uh, adopting or taking on board the transfer system, uh, they could well have more opportunities to tend for work as well. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Primarily, they don't need to get go around and arrange working capital, so they can definitely scale up, focus on that expansion, focus on creating your empire, rather than focusing on finding money to run around the business. Secondly, uh if they are already using transfer the chances that they would be getting projects from developers who are using transfer would be higher uh especially in the in the public sector i think companies who want to get public sector contracts can prove uh the end use of money transparently and and bid for a project with transparency and i think transparency would definitely be in their favor when a decision is being made as to who should build the project so i think be it public sector or be it private sector uh transport can help the developers and uh, in, in, in all the projects that sounds really interesting and so uh Nishan, well thank you thank you very much for uh talking about transfer transfer today and I, I'm sure it's been really interesting I've, I've I've been really interested in it and as you know I'm writing quite a lot on uh, my 
my my posts are on LinkedIn around uh, cash flow and, and and payments and around the subject in in general. And um, so, if the listeners wanted to find out more about transfer, how could they find out uh, more? Uh, so they can go on our website that is transfer.co. That is Tango Romeo Alpha November Sierra Papa Echo Romeo dot co Charlie Oscar. Uh, they can contact you because uh, you seem to know a lot about it and you seem to be working a lot in the cash flow uh, 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 solutions for construction that you cannot just help them understand more about transfer and how to use it, but also help them find ways of working around their problems uh, uh, by better using operating procedures and practices. And that combined with transfer can, can deliver amazing results for them. So, and we are, I'm always there to answer any kind of a query if needed. Uh, and yeah, we are there for them. Uh, absolutely. And just, just for the uh, listeners' benefits, uh, that uh, how we met. And I was doing my research. I was looking for a uh, company that was maybe developing a software that could support real estate and cash flow and transparent cash flow. And it just so happens that I came across uh, your website, Nishan, and, um, uh, and then called you and we discussed it. And I, I feel that it's a product that, and a service, a system that would work very well into real estate, very well into uh, construction, as, as you've described. I, I, I feel too. Yep. And so, yeah, so that's great. Well, thank you very much, Nishan, for coming on. And it's been a really interesting uh, conversation. And hopefully we it's, it's given the uh, listeners some ideas and some feel about in this system that, uh, that that can be used in real estate. And I wish you all the best with the development of Transfer as well. And uh, yeah, so uh, thank you very much. And to the listeners, thank you for listening. And we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, Jay. the pleasure is all mine. Time. Thanks a lot for inviting me. And to everyone who is going to listen to this thing, uh, let's try and get the money flowing as fast Absolutely. as possible because everyone needs money. Everyone needs to expand. Everyone has a right to create that empire that they want to create. So let's do it together. Fantastic. Let's get the cash flow flowing. Let's get the wealth growing and let's move it forward and make a change in construction. Well, thank you very much, Nishant. Thank you very much, listeners. You've been listening to the Construction Cash Flow Show. See you again in the next podcast.